0: Okay, Matt, here we are sitting in your car. We're in Rosslyn, I thought we were in Bethesda.
1: No, we're in uh, Rosslyn, Arlington, Virginia. It's a little neighborhood in Arlington, Virginia. We ate at Bethesda Bagels, (laughs) which Bethesda is a town just north of D.C. It's funny. We think we're really cute with our names.
0: Okay, well, I was confused. The bagels
1: were delicious though,
0: so. For anyone that's outside of the U.S., we're, we're in the what, the outskirts of Washington, D.C.?
1: Yeah, we're right across the river from the capital.
0: And if you're hearing Planes fly by and truck trucks drive by. It's because we're sitting in Matt's car because after our meeting here, we both agreed, man, we should go record a podcast about something that's about to happen right now. So this is like the impromptu. Hey, Matt, you ready to jump in your car and record a podcast? Yep.
1: And here we are. (laughs) It's funny because thinking about how can we do this right now. Well, with this and this. My car's right outside done. Yeah <laughs> it was that quick.
0: And here we are using an Apple device
1: Apple device.
0: <laughs> okay, yep here goes nothing. So if I was gonna start, I would say Matt, Mr. Hugo creative, what's what's about to happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: That's my question. That's where I want to start. What's about to happen?
1: Well, Joel, Mr. Rev thinker. <laughs> we've uh, we're gonna drop something here around Super Bowl. That is uh, is new for us. It's, I think it's kind of new for the industry in a in a weird way. We're uh, we're taking a big chance on, uh, on poking the bear, if you will, and it's terrifying and exciting all at the same time. So uh, yeah.
0: Okay, what bear are you poking?
1: The Apple bear, the, the... biggest, the biggest of the bears. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's a playful poke, right? Because here we are, we got Apple phones in front of us and laptops. So we love Apple. Sure. We're still gonna poke the big bear. We're gonna like playfully, you know, needle them a little bit.
0: All right, so what's about to drop that's gonna poke the big bear of Apple?
1: So we created a parody of their most famous iconic Super Bowl commercial. The thing that aired only once and almost didn't even air. That's what we're doing.
0: And what was that most famous (laughs) spot ever?
1: A commentary on Big Brother. You know, Apple did this spot where it was like, we are going to be different. Uh, We're going to essentially save the world from itself with technology. And there's a beautiful, maybe even scary irony to looking around us today and seeing what we have become with technology.
0: Okay, so this is... I'm going to just put it out there. This is the original 1984? Yes. The 1984
1: commercial for the Super Bowl, 39 years ago, last week.
0: Wow. Okay, so this is... um, I mean, what's interesting about this is when I think about the 1984 commercial, I'm thinking it's arguably maybe the most famous commercial of all time. It, I mean, it's way, way up there. It's
1: probably the most famous Super Bowl commercial of all time.
0: Right? Like, yeah.
1: Everything hands down. In the you, list that comes out, it's top two.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I was hanging out with a bunch of advertising and agency folks and said, what's the most iconic, most epic, famous commercial of all time, everybody would reference that in in their shortlist without without question, without question. Yeah. So you and your studio, Hugo (laughs) decided to make a parody of that spot and parody Apple. And I guess other companies like Apple Mm -hmm. in this. (laughs) Yeah. And this parody is going to drop when,
1: uh, before the Super Bowl. we're going to try to join the fray. We don't have airtime, obviously, but, uh, getting it out there in the conversation of Super Bowl ads coming out and historical ads and all of that, we thought it would be fun to say, hey, guess what? While we're talking about Apple's iconic commercial and how it almost didn't come to be, why aren't we talking about the social implications of what's happening now with technology, with social media, with all vying for our time and attention? And um, the ironic part of it is that Apple created this device that where we are now on the heels of, you know, 20 years after, of this commercial that was like iconic for wanting to break that up and not to be the big brother. And guess what? We're using our phones to track people now. So <laughs> like, the irony bell dings and like I said, we all love Apple and we all have their products. But, um, you know, what are we gonna do about that? What are they gonna do about that? What role are these technology companies gonna play in helping to, to curb this, you know, wild west of the technology age?
0: So let me ask this, because I want to hear a quick story behind mm. how this came about. But, but before we even do that, if someone was listening and was like, well, I what are you guys even talking about? What is, what is this parody? Where can they view it so they can even see what we're talking about <clears throat> and, and experience it for themselves?
1: Well, it'll be on our website, first and foremost, um, and on Vimeo as well. And our website's Hugo-Creative.com. Um, and so it'll be there. And then we'll have it on Vimeo.
0: Okay, and then there's also talk of it being on motionographer.
1: Motion, right, motionographer.com. Um we'll do something with them. Um that we're talking about right now, it'll be on LinkedIn, it'll be on our social. Okay. Um there'll be lots of places to find it.
0: Okay, so let's say someone listening to this goes, what are these guys talking about? Presses pause, watches the parody, and then they they press pause right now. Okay, and then they're back. Uh-huh. And now they're saying, damn. That's quite a commentary. (laughs) I hope so. How did that, how did the idea for that, what's the genesis of the idea of even why even parody that spot?
1: Accidental, actually. This has been probably five years in the making. I was on the the DC Metro, which is the subway here in DC, um, reading a book. Yes, I'm old fashioned. I read books uh, with pages. (laughs) So I was reading a book and I looked to my left, to my right, and across the platform. And Without question, every single person had their nose in their phone. And I was struck by that. I was like, oh, crap. Like, check this out. Everybody's got their nose in their phone. And then I, was, I thought of the Apple ad where they have these clones, these drones that are all following these, like, mechanical footsteps. And so I kind of put those two together. I thought, how fun would it be to parody that? And at the time, it was a passion project for the studio. Like, oh, this would be cool to do, and we'll have some fun with it, and we'll make these new characters, and we'll do it shot for shot, almost, and, and see what we can come up with. It'll be cool. And then years go by as I'm planning this, and work gets in the way, and time sucks, and all that kind of thing. And at the time, my daughter was two or three, I guess. And just getting into, you know, screens and that kind of stuff. And now she's much older. It's like, screens are a really important part or the lack of screens are, are important. And then social media and how it affects teenagers. And I've got friends who have teenagers and cousins and, and nieces and nephews. And so it's like, okay, this became more important. I watched The Social Dilemma, uh, the documentary on Netflix. I was late to that one, but I watched it you know, a year ago or so. And it just all kind of came together. Like there's something more important here than just doing a fun passion project for the studio. So. While that is still part of it, this became, man, we can be part of this conversation. Mm. And we can do this, ironically enough, with Apple, who made this commercial years ago that outlined the blueprint. Hey, we're going to be different. Fast forward 40 years almost. Are we different? <laughs> Are we better?
0: Well, there's also I love the subversive nature of the, of the idea as well, because Apple's original spot was the story of the you know overcoming right mm-hmm. big brother the enemy um, I think that in that spot IBM was almost the big brother of the day yeah and now fast forward to today and <laughs> the you know the small upstart rebel mm. is now the Goliath
1: the Goliath yeah
0: it's I don't want to say beast because I don't think of Apple as as a necessarily an evil company. But obviously, they have enormous influence, Right in the world. Yeah. And of course, all these big tech companies, the Googles and Facebooks and
1: The Twitters I mean, look, everybody's vying for our time and attention, and whether it's you know, from social media to streaming platforms, and I mean, look, Apple's now in the streaming game. Right. And, and so like, it's a very interesting, interesting thing to watch that whole dynamic change over 39 years of going from a, a computer company who is going to unveil the Mac. So now their most of their business is on the iPhone.
0: Interesting, sure. That's right, because you're right. The nineteen eighty-four commercial was the original announcement that the Mac was, was coming. Uh-huh. And it was gonna free us. And in many ways it did. It
1: did, absolutely did. <laughs> you Are you know? kidding me? As a creative, oh my gosh, <clears throat> it freed us tremendously.
0: Yeah. But there's been all these amazing, unintended consequences of the growth of technology in our lives. And that's of course the big commentary and so now you produce I mean this this thing has been I mean in the works for a while long time at your studio yeah right so this has been a passion project that you've just been doing sort of on the side
1: just on the side um I remember doing some writing about it some sketching about it years ago with with a friend and and designer and then we kind of shelved it came back around and this last year so 2022 was a really concerted effort to downtime free time heck even like make it a project for us treat it something as as important and we did it was the the stone you couldn't stop rolling
0: Right, it's and, uh, a fra- yeah. very practical question. Did you even give yourself a budget in effect? Like, did you run it like a project you would do we did. For, for clients?
1: <laughs> we did until we stopped caring because we were going to finish it regardless. <laughs>
0: right. And it didn't matter. I mean, matter. It, it mean in, in a way, it was the it was the screw the budget. Yeah.
1: We yeah. blew through that a while <laughs> we, ago. We keep right on going because, you know, we we <sighs> believe this. And I think it was probably after watching that documentary.
0: Oh, you mean? The Social Social Dilemma, Dilemma? yeah. That it
1: was like, yeah, yeah. Screw this. We're we're going. We're gonna finish this thing this year, and then it was like, wait, the Super Bowl's coming up. This was a Super Bowl ad originally. Let's see what we can do, and it's it just just madness. Well,
0: I'm thinking back to when I was like, Matt, you've seen the social d- dilemma, right? And You are like, no, not yet. I'm like, <laughs> like, dude, you. When you watch that, it is going to add so much fuel to your fire of, of, of the why behind this this project. So, but let me ask, let me ask you from a, from a business standpoint, because you run a studio, it's obviously a business. It needs to make money to, to survive. It has to be profitable. Mm-hmm. So why do something like this?
1: Well, the better question is why not? And if you look at who Hugo is, that's what we do. We ask why not? So like, that's the question, not why, but why not? What's the stopping us? Like, we're not hurting anybody. And I hate that phrase, but we're not hurting Apple. We're not hurting ourselves. We're having some playful fun with it. We're having a conversation about something that is important that I think Apple would agree is important. Um, The question really is why not have some fun with it? Why not try to push the envelope? Why not take something that's so iconic and turn it on its side and be like, well, this is how we view life. This is how Hugo thinks. So the question for us is like, yeah, well, of course we're going to do this.
0: I'm thinking of some of the language that, you use when you talk about hugo's why mm-hmm. and i'm thinking of the phrase optimistic overthrow mm-hmm. you know that, mm-hmm. that you reference often and this is seems to be like the poster it's child right there of, into it <laughs> right? yeah absolutely totally plays into that
1: because look, we're not looking to bring down apple we're not looking to bring down the social media platform oh, okay well yeah <laughs> that might be debatable right. but like
0: not entirely <laughs> no yeah
1: we're, we're looking for an actual real conversation. We're looking to be part of that conversation. There are a lot of people who are already doing this, um, nonprofits and associations and just single one-off people. I mean, you can go watch that documentary. You can watch, there's a dozen people on there who all have the same feeling and all have started companies because they're passionate about this. We have a different platform. We're a creative shop. We do things, we tell stories and, and, and write stories. And so what better way for us to use what we do well Than to create something visually stimulating off of something that people already know.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm wondering from, from the standpoint of running the business, this is obviously not a project that's, that's paid for. You have to self fund it. Mm -hmm. Why do those kinds of projects at all? Like why, you know, we'll call them passion projects collectively. Is there business justification Like what's your encouragement to anybody listening that's like, I would love to do that too, but if I'm not getting paid, it's really hard.
1: That's true. If you're not getting paid, it is very hard, but you're not doing this to get paid. You're doing it because it helps to keep you fresh in the office, it helps to keep you fresh on your projects. It gives you a little bit of an outlet that is not like trying to just do something for a client because we've all worked on projects and I probably say almost 100% of the time that every project you get from a client, changes from what you think it should be. So at the end of the day, what you put out there, you may be proud of because of how your team adapted, how you created something at the end that's still awesome, but it's not what you thought it should have been from the beginning. When you do a passion project, it's yours. You get to do whatever you want with it within the confines that you define. So we had that opportunity. We had definitions, we had a box we were working in, and we got to create whatever we wanted within that box. And it was it was was freeing. It was exciting. Like when we got on our own internal calls for it, we were all Jones and amped up, and it was ours to do with what we wanted. So, like as a studio, find something, do something that's a passion project that you can get into, that you have no constraints for.
0: Well, I'm re- I'm reminded of you know our mutual friend Andy Baker. Mm-hmm. Who's at Disney Plus,
1: Plus. Mm-hmm.
0: and I remember him once talking about when he is considering a studio, you know, to hire on projects. And I can't remember if he might've been at Netflix at the time or maybe Disney, but he's, he said something really interesting. He said, the he said, I definitely look at a studio's passion projects. Mm. Definitely. And I said, Oh, that's so interesting. Why? Because they're cool and they're fun. He said, no, it tells me what, what decisions would you make if they were all yours to make? Yes
1: yeah and that's what you that's what you don't really get to do when you're working for a client. You can have your own thoughts and opinions and there are sometimes you get to actually make decisions that they're like, yeah, that's cool. But at the end of the day, you still got to get that that thumbs up from them. We gave our own thumbs up to ourselves and it was really cool to have that collaborative process to allow people to pitch in and feel like they had a voice in this. And we did. Our designers were, were talkative and be like, hey, well, what about this? And like, yeah, that sounds cool. Or like, ah, I don't know if that fits the mold. Or like they were even able to tell me, hey, you know, what? what if we tried this instead, Matt? I'm like, that's a better idea. And there's something about that that I think gives people a jolt. And, and so why you should do those things is give yourself the opportunity to create without, without uh, handcuffs.
0: Yeah, without yeah. those, yeah, exactly. Without those external influences. Yeah. Now, there was also a team effort here, because this mm-hmm. wasn't just Matt and your your team. There mm-hmm. was a copywriter, there was sound design and yeah. mix and so forth. Who are some of the other collaborators that you so brought in?
1: We worked with Stuart Tribe, who's a fantastic copywriter from uh, the ad world, and he just happened to be free up. And so he, I pitched this to him, and he was like, dude, I'm in. So so yeah. he became an integral part of the team um, in terms of, you know, copywriting and and strategy and just thinking, you know, big picture and all of that and, and creative actually. Um, and then Dynamite Laserbeam, uh, Christoph and his team are just rock stars. So they were the same way. I talked to them early on in the process and I thought he was going to fall out of his chair. He's like, I'm in. Like, it wasn't even a question. He's like, I'm in. And so since then it's just been back and forth uh, creating cool sounds and trying to find this mix where it it does harken back to the original, but we're refreshing it. You know, we're coming up with new sounds for the, the big brother, uh, (laughs) character or characters in our version, we've created multiple characters, but, um, a cool sound for that. What does this, this person sound like now? What does this AI sound like now? Um, we sourced somebody for the end to be reminiscent of the original. Like there just was so many cool collaborations on this. So, meaning the um, um, the, who the original yeah. voiceover that yeah. said
0: 1984 won't yeah. be like 1984. Yep. And he passed
1: away a few years ago. So, we couldn't even <laughs> hunt oh. him down. So, it was. Uh, but you was, thought about it. We did. Absolutely. We thought about it. You know, the research that went into this thing to try to um, I'll, I'll pay uh, pay respects to the original. And I think that's to a faithfully
0: very. faithfully parody.
1: Absolutely. Like, look, <laughs> this thing has influenced ad people and creatives for decades. So, to come at this flippantly is a mistake. Um, it's something that we wanted to respect. It's something that we have I've thought is super cool. Um, and so, yeah, it was important to, to, to do justice to it. Look, if we're going to parody this thing, it has to be of a certain quality. It has to have a, a story that's worthwhile. It has to have a message that's worthwhile. And, um, and treat it you know, with kid gloves in a, in a way because it, it's an iconic ad still.
0: So now that it's out there, <laughs> right <clears throat> you and I are sitting here in your car like anxiously because <laughs> we've been kind of talking about this moment off and on for a year or two or yeah, something so what's your hope of what not only what might happen with this, but even what's your um, what's your ask to anybody that's listening that says, wow, that's really cool. I'm you know I'm a fan of not only that that spot like the parody is cool. Mm-hmm. But I also even aspire to make stuff like that myself, you know, my studio. Um, do you want people to share it? Do you want people to to like it to to make their own version of like what's what are you hoping for?:
1: I'm hoping that it just sort of just tickles a little spot inside of you to do whatever you want to do. Like, look, this is something that that I think has important um, ramifications on life and how we handle things, um, how much time we spend in social media, how we treat ourselves and our self-worth um, through the eyes of other people's lives. And we've all heard the stories. And, and I think that it's it's a really important thing to to wrap our, hand, our head around. So yeah, share it, like it, but also like maybe put your phone down for a second. Maybe like don't get on social media for today or maybe like really think about like, Giving up social media. Do a hard look at yourself and figure out: Am I putting more faith in something like social media? You know, or like I don't know. Go to church. <laughs> go go to like go talk to your mom. Go like call your dad. Like I don't know. Call your best friend who you've seen who's struggling on social media. Call them. Don't just like them or the friend from high school who's going through cancer. Like call the guy. Send them a message. Don't just like do your little heart emoji thing um, to his comment. Like. Take it a little bit a step further because it just it's a real person on the other side of that. And I think what we've done now with this idea of social media and and being connected all the time is we're actually not as connected as we think that we are. So what does that look like now as you go forward with this? Yeah, share this. Pass it around because I think it's important. And let's have a conversation about it. And if at the same time you're like, man, that's really neat. I want to talk about the process of it. Cool, we can talk about the process of it. But um, I think there's a an interpersonal thing that's happening here in our world that is worth investigating and looking at. And if we get to do it and be part of it with this, um, this parody. Awesome.
0: I was just thinking of, you know, there's going to be people that see it and they stop, they pause and they go, huh. And they show it to somebody else. And they say, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Like what's, you know, do you think, do you think that's making a valid point? Like, what do we do about that? I love the idea of that sparking conversation.
1: And here's what we're not doing to, in today's world. We're not having conversations. Turn on the news and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. We haven't had conversation, real conversations about anything in, in years, d- a decade probably, because we all want to fight about stuff. We all want to scream to have our point be heard, but that's not a conversation. So like, have a real conversation about it, you know? Um, and I think that if, if that's what comes out of this, it's worth everything. It's worth the hours and the days. And uh, it's, it's worth the fear of like, man, are we going to really poke the big bear apple? Like, yeah, we're going to poke the, we're going to have some fun with it too. Like, right. so Apple, this is playful. All right. Just have some fun with this. That's right. This is truly a parody. So if there's any attorneys out there
0: listening, you know, where this is all in, in, uh,
1: all good, clean fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. All in, all in, take it in the right spirit. That's right. Well, congrats on the accomplishment of actually getting it freaking done. Yeah, because it's been this like labor of love for such a long time. And then I know I remember that time when you were like, "Man, I think we can get it done in time for the Super Bowl." And why? What better time to release? Yeah. the original Apple nineteen eighty four. You know, I mean, the parody is on the same date. Yeah, right? on the anniversary.
1: Well, I remember th- having that conversation with you, and then hanging up and being like. Okay, oh, I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Here it goes. It
1: was. It was this this moment of truth of like, are we really gonna we really gonna do this the week before the Super Bowl or the week around the Super Bowl or out? Like, are we gonna join the mess? Right. And and yeah, we are. And the one thing that that and we've talked about this is that I had to be able to say to myself, was you're gonna do this. It's gonna be a fun process because you care about it. And if it if no one talks about it. You have to be okay with that. The original intent was to just like shake things up and not to become world famous from it, not to become like, you know, change the world and, you know, in in one fell swoop. But so, yeah, if it's a slow roll, great. If it doesn't roll at all, like, great. But the fact that we did this, we created something that we're really proud of that we think is beautiful. um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay, you know, being like, hey, we did this, we believe in this, and, um, and we're gonna stand up for those ki- kinds of things. And if no one cares, then that's okay. I wanna tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement to be challenged In this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at RevThink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at RevThink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.